to the Prepared Mindset Podcast, everybody. It's Austin, hanging out. Got another episode coming at you. There's a lot of, and there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, we got gun control legislation apparently being supported on both sides uh, of the aisle. Uh, I think we're kind of waiting to see, you know, what that ends up being and the, the ramifications and impacts that uh, come with that. We're still seeing ever-soaring energy prices. I know here in Michigan, uh, I've seen gas around 530 and 540 a gallon, which is really, really awesome, um, especially now that it seems that COVID is all but gone and we're all getting ready to uh, go on road trips and vacations and stuff. And now we can't afford gas, which is great. It's really, really great. And I'm super thrilled about it, if you can tell. Um, but that aside, right, I have another episode this week and I get to sit down with Josh Lowry from T-Rex Arms. Uh, Josh, I've actually been following since before his time at T-Rex when his you know Instagram handle was, I think it was uh, Pacific Northwest Patriot. I think it was like PNW underscore Patriot, but um, not, not former law enforcement, not former military, but is a um, civilian that is <clears throat> just well-versed and immersed in the the, the 2A community and a lot of things adjacent to the 2A community. And we, we talk about that today, uh, you know, in our discussion um, and, and kind of how all of these things come together and 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 form the community um, that that we're all a part of. Right. And why and why those things are all important. And we get into a whole bunch. Honestly, it is a really down to earth and very uh, at moments, very deep conversation. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Josh has been one of those guys that um, I looked to and still do look to for for inspiration, um, for motivation, for information uh, on on things from from gear um, to, to dry fire practice to um, you know a theory, methodology, all kinds of stuff. Uh, he's just a very well articulated man. Um, his videos of him dry firing, his his morning dry fire routines, getting up in the morning were some of the things that really motivated me to develop, you know, similar practice habits and really, um, solidify the importance of, of dry fire practice when it, it comes to building and, uh, refining some shooting skills and, and things like that. So, uh, I'm, I'm actually making a concerted effort not to use the word excited because after listening to my last episode, I realized that I said I was excited like 45 times is very obnoxious. Um, so I'm thrilled right? Uh, elated that I had the opportunity, um, after, you know, kind of having a, a cancellation and, and then, you know, dealing with conflicting schedules and things for a bit, cause Josh is really busy and, you know, we've got stuff going on here. Obviously we finally got, uh, got the time together to make it all work. And it's a super cool opportunity. I think you guys are really, really going to dig it before I get to my discussion with Josh though. I do want to say thank you to our sponsor here at the Prepared Mindset Podcast. That is EclipseHolsters.com. Guys, check out my episode two weeks ago. I had Jess, the the owner, the founder of Eclipse on. Awesome lady and an absolutely outstanding company. Uh, They just actually, the other day, I got my uh, ambassador box from them. They hooked me up with a new outside the waistband holster. I got a new uh, tourniquet carrier, which I didn't even know they did, but they, they, they make them with velcro compatibility now so i went ahead i slapped that inside my uh vortex messenger bag with the tourniquet that they sent so now i have a tourniquet and a tourniquet holder 
something designed specifically to uh, contain a tourniquet and protect it, right? And I can transfer that from that bag onto uh, the upholstery in my car, my headliner, whatever I need to do, move that around. Uh, super, super cool option. They also happened to know apparently that day that I needed an energy drink and they threw one of those in the box. Super cool. Um, but guys, head over to eclipseholsters.com, use our code prepared mindset, all one word, and you can save 20% off of your order. Guys, they do holsters, they do mag carriers, they got two different kinds of wallets now, three different kinds of dump trays. Maybe you're new to carrying, you need a belt, they stock core belts. Fantastic options for concealed carry belts that don't have to look like the most tactical thing in the world, all right? But I cannot stress enough, great company. They guarantee the holsters are you know, on their way to you in three business days or less. Spend over 99 bucks, you get free FedEx two-day shipping, which is pretty badass. We all hate paying for shipping, and you know, getting the good stuff makes it worth it. Um, so like I said, EclipseHolsters.com, our code PREPAREDMINDSET, that's all one word, saves you 20% off your order. Go pick up some new gear today. Don't see what you need, don't see what you want. Shoot them an email. Jess and her team will get you squared away. Either they'll be able to take care of you, or they may, in some instances, even be able to give you a positive referral to a different company. They can make a quality product for you. You know you'll be in good hands with Eclipse holsters. All right, guys, that's it for my spiel. We're going to kind of cut it off there. I'm going to kick this straight over to my interview with Josh Lowry of T-Rex Arms. Check it out. Hey, Josh. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good, man. I'm good. Uh, busy day. I'm glad we were both able to kind of like pull stuff together and uh, absolutely make this happen. I know we, this is technically like the third time or fourth time we're trying to hit the target and make this one work. Dude, it's, um, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. It's been a couple months. And then I think you were a little under the weather last week and it's just, it's, it's always something that's, here's like an insider thing for me. Like people ask me all the time, dude, who's your next guest? Like who, who's, you gonna, who's it going to be? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't tell anybody. Because stuff happens all the time. It's not even, it wasn't, it's not like just you. I have guys all the time like, hey, something came up. Um, I have to go into town and buy a tractor. So can we do this? Like, <laughs> oh, wow. You know, like next week or something. Like, yeah, absolutely. Let me pivot and figure, you know. Um, so it's all good. I'm, I'm happy we're able to do it. You know, like you said, a long time coming. Um, before we get too far into things, can you just, I mean, I think a lot of people probably already know who you are. Um, but if you can go ahead and just introduce yourself to the listeners and talk a little bit about what it is that you do. Absolutely. Well, so first of all, for anyone to say right off the bat, well, oh, I think a lot of people probably know who you are. Before we get too far into all the details, that is not how I feel about this at all. I, I still am very hopeful that I am one of the guys <laughs> just working behind the scenes. I, I have a social media, Instagram, which is probably how some people know know my name. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't see myself as someone very public and, and out in the public's eye. Now, that being said, um, let's see, who am I and what have I done? So uh, let's see, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Grew up there, worked as an EMT, um, got married there and loved Portland for a long time. Very much got into to guns and firearms um, just had a you know organic interest and kept pursuing further down that rabbit hole. And of course, like many people, found T-Rex Arms as well as a lot of other social media influencers, all the way through to you know, Travis Haley and Chris Costa, Magpul Dynamics, all that stuff. Yeah. Couldn't consume enough content, enough media, learned as much as I could, 
spent hours dry firing in the garage, just trying to get better as who I am. And I'm probably speeding things up a little bit, but ultimately through social media, I got offered a job at T-Rex Arms uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, I am the armorer at T-Rex Arms now. And that's, uh, it's a pretty like cool you, job. I like how you articulate that too. Saying a lot of guys drop lines are like, dude, you're a gunsmith for a living. And I am not. There's, there's a difference there. There is a <laughs> difference to be recognized. Right. No, I am not a gunsmith. I have not gone to gunsmithing classes. I, I know the basics on how to get a gun fixed and resolved and back up and running. Um, be that a, a Glock, an AK, primarily an AR because that's most of what T-Rex arm shoots. That's most of you know what I'm interested in. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of just the average everyday American rifle. But yes, to clarify, I am not a Smith. I am not recrowning barrels and, you know, chopping 16 inch rifles to 14 fives and trying to do that kind of thing. Nope. I am an armorer. I'm decent at it, uh, but I'm good enough to do the job for T-Rex arms to do that, that job. Well, yeah, no, I mean, and and anybody who's followed the T-Rex content, um, even or, or your content, like, I, I mean, I've been following you since before, you know, uh, the T-Rex days back when, what was it? Um, Pacific Northwest Patriot or something. Yeah, BMW yeah. underscore Patriot was your, uh, Instagram. And, um, and, and honestly, you know, uh, you were somebody that I found, I was like, wow, this guy does a lot of this. You, you articulate a lot of different things, uh, well, and that's, you know, um, you've done, you you can tell you've done it a lot. You know, like you said, maybe there's, you know, you were an EMT. Um, so no law enforcement background, right. No, no. military background and right. that's okay. Um, and I think that's one of the, like the, the awesome things about what you do, what mm. T-Rex is about, you know, too, is that it's, it's, you don't have to have that, uh, that, you know, quote, like real world experience, right. To be effective to exactly to be proficient and to learn about this kind of stuff. Right. Um, you know, so what, was there like a point, where did you get started? You know, cause yeah. I mean, we all like bought that first <laughs> gun. Right. But then, um, cause people do it now, right. Where they buy a gun and it's, that's it. Like I, I own a seven P shield and that's it. I, I'm not going to do all that other stuff. You know, that's crazy. I don't want to do that. And then there's the rest of us that are like, this isn't enough. I need to, I'm going full, you know, down the rabbit hole. Sure. Well, gosh, let's see. So, um, yeah, it, in, in a roundabout way, I ended up buying my first, my first rifle, bought an AR and I had a really a best friend who is still my best friend. A good do you buddy. Remember, do you remember but, what, what kind of AR it was? Well, Just cause it I think was, a lot of guys think you guys jump straight into like Geisley and I know it's probably not usually the case. So I had, someone who ended up uh, turning into my father-in-law who was coaching me through some of some of the interests in firearms and he has good taste and so i actually ended up with a a colt competition colt used to have there goes that okay yeah i know exactly (laughs) right well but then then once i actually started building out my own rifles i fell straight back into the palmetto um yeah smith and wesson you know kind of that entry level Mm -hmm. stuff and rebuilt all that because I was interested in, hey, wait, how do I actually put one of these together? So the firearm that I first received, um, I ended up putting it together, but I didn't feel like I actually understood the internals and the workings and what does a good trigger feel like as opposed to a bad trigger? I couldn't tell you. I I couldn't articulate it. I didn't know. 
So started building out more firearms simply to pursue a, uh, just a general interest. Not just in, hey, I like, I want a lot of guns. I think a ton of guns are super cool. No, I was curious. Like, I'm not that interested in cars. I want to, mm-hmm. be able to you know, f- change my own oil, but like, I don't buy a car and then suddenly go, I got to take it apart and figure out how this thing works. But for some reason, I was that way with guns. So I, I caught that bug. Um, and then what started to happen was as I found through social media, more and more people and companies sharing information, I decided that, hey, I don't know very much, but why don't I start a social media and share every time I learned something? And here was my reasoning. I had learned that I learn very well when I hear myself speak. Once I have articulated something, it allows me to mentally chew on that thought process that how does a gun work? Hey, until I can verbalize it, I don't actually know. So once I had a social media, I used it really as a self-teaching tool. And that sparked more and more people jumping in and saying, hey, man, you really got to try red dots. You really got to try changing your buffer spring in the AR. And those were things that were still fairly new to me. Now, on top of that, I had a best friend going through high school who was, you know, multiple, we were the same age, but he was multiple generations into ARs and firearms and bolt guns and shotguns. And he was as well coaching me through like, I mean, you got to try one of these. Well, let's let's swap some of these out. He's pushing through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing my own personal research. I was trying to share information in order to learn. And I had a best friend who was walking me through and wanting me to have an awesome AR along with him so we could go shoot together. So there were a lot of factors pushing me into kind of that next level, that next iteration of the gun world. Yeah. And that's, that's important. I think that everybody should have that. It's like a, like the, the buddy system, you know, or like safety of numbers. Like when you're getting into guns, um, actually the guy that I, that, that helped me start this podcast, my buddy, Sam knew him in high school, right. Same kind of deal. He was two, who's a year behind me. He's one year younger than me, ended up going into uh, the air force, um, at six years as a tack P, uh, in, down in wow. Benning. Wow. And, um, he was like my, my, my go-to resource. As soon as he found out that, that I like bought a gun and was like, um, I bought an AR, not cause I honestly, my, my first rifle I bought because there was the Orlando nightclub shooting. And I thought they were going to ban him. Mm. I didn't know that this is where I was going to end up at the time. I just knew that I wanted to get one before that. Right. Right. And from there, it just, it totally took off, got out of control and, you know, down that rabbit hole, but he was, he was that resource and, uh, kind of illuminated a lot of things where, you know, uh, I was one of those people at that point where I thought mil spec and military grade meant that it was going to be great, um, <laughs> which now of course realizing, you know, or knowing what I know, right. It's, it's not the case. I mean, mil specs great when you're shopping for parts. Cause you at least know that most of the time they go together. Uh, and that's about where it ends. Sure. Um, it's, you know, but I think that's really important. And I think that what, what you do, right. And even, you know, on a bigger scale, right. So with what T-Rex does with the content and things can help uh, in those instances where people maybe don't have that friend, they don't have that resource. Um, it fills in those gaps and kind of uh, it's like that reassuring friend. Yeah. You know, that's like, yeah, man, you it can is. do this. It is. Yeah. So there's so many, I mean, young guys primarily, of course, but gals as well, who find that interest. Mm -hmm. And here's what I've noticed. Um, 
I hate to, to reflect it this way, but it, it's true to a degree. The firearms industry is a lot like a religion. Now, it, it cannot be a religion that's not, you, <laughs> you can't make it a religion, but here's where it has a reflection. If someone suddenly finds interest or has questions and, and they're looking for answers in a specific direction, if there is not someone readily available to be a buddy and answer those questions for them with patience and willing to have conversations, the spark can quickly die out. Oh, absolutely. So for, for, for that Second Amendment community, for civilians as a whole who are looking to get into body armor and night vision and firearms and so on and so forth, it is so important for someone who's available to just be around when those questions start to come up. Now, of course, yeah. we, can do, we can put on seminars and invite people, hey, let's go shoot for the first time. But if you take someone shooting for the first time and you don't have a follow-up or you're not able to ask questions to them, what did you think? What, what kind of gun did you prefer? And then answer questions as to, wait, why do we, why do we own literally military firearms? Now, granted, we don't have the third pin in our lower, but yes, civilians should have military-grade equipment and firearms. Well, Absolutely. Gosh, why is that? If someone's not available to answer that question, it can pretty easily fizzle out and die. Well, so, that's how we end up where we're at as a country, I think, right now with that, that like, that, albeit, I think it's lowering or shrinking or however you sure. want to articulate that, that, that ever present level of, let's say, misinformation. Right. right. Around firearms and things right. like AR doesn't actually stand for assault rifle. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, right. And all that stuff, because a lot of people just don't have somebody to clarify that for them. They've never had right. those conversations. Right. You know, they don't have that resource to reach out to and go, Hey, I, I'm just curious. Right. Explain it for me. Right now. So here's, here's the other uh, next thing to be aware of. So um, let's say I have a, well, I do have a brother. Let's say my brother sends me a text and he's like, Hey man, how does, how does this AR part go together? How do these things function together? Of course, I'm going to take time and answer those questions. Now, if you open up, open up my Instagram right now, I could spend probably two hours just going through DMs and answering questions that sure, have piled yeah. up over the next two weeks. And those questions, and I'm, I'm not talking about like, uh, what'd you have for dinner last night? Because I have plenty of those questions, but there are specific, plenty of specific questions yeah. where people are asking um, anything from, Hey, I just mounted a dot to my milled Glock slide. And now all of a sudden my extractor is not working. I could very easily conclude, okay, well, you should talk to the person that milled your slide because your screw is going too far down into your plunger. I, I could, I could blow them off and just be like, talk to the person who did it or Hey dude, hit Google. The problem with that though, <laughs> goes back to well, now I'm blowing someone off. Now I'm brushing yeah. someone away who just showed interest in the next level, the next iteration, following through to the next thing. Hey, man, what plate carrier size do you wear? If I blow them off, they may suddenly conclude, well, gosh, maybe now's not the right time to buy a carrier anyway and just shut it down and forget about it. That's a huge missed opportunity. So that's not just me. Now, just inside of T-Rex arms, think about how many DMs you have Isaac Botkin, Lucas, the entire customer service team have Instagram accounts. Drew, Chad, Charles, Christian, a new videographer that we have, Nick as well. And all these yeah. guys are now affiliated with T-Rex Arms. 
we are, I'm not, I'm not trying to build us up too much, but we have a big brother opportunity and big brother in yeah. a good way. We have a big brother no, opportunity. I don't, I don't think that's building anything up. I think if anything, you may be understating it. I mean, it's, it's pretty big, man. You know, um, it is seeing some of those videos for the first time of Lucas back when he was before he had his own range shooting on, uh, it looked like a, like a sand pit or shooting like into a Canyon wall or something. Sure. Um, you know, where it was just him and they were honestly pretty decent quality videos, but not, not to the effect what is today. And that's what got me hooked. It was like, right. okay, like I need that plate carrier, not realizing that a cry, you know, JPC was like 250 bucks. And then because I didn't have anybody there to correct me, I went out and bought like a, I'm ashamed to say this, but I bought like the Rothko clone of that carrier. And oh, yes. Like, and then, yeah, and like, well, I got to have plates when I bought steel plates. And then I realized because, you know, found out, well, steel sucks. I'm like, well, I'll just hang on to it until I have the money saved for better plates. Then the carrier started ripping. So I realized that that's why quality carriers are ex more expensive. And, exactly. you know, it's not that it's, you know, 250 bucks is too much. It's that 250 bucks plus the 70 bucks you played, paid for the carrier plus the 150 you paid for those crappy plates. Like you could just save the money done it the right way, you know. Exactly. But that's that's important. And for a lot of people, that's like, it, it is a huge platform. It is right. huge. You know, right. I don't think you're, you're, you're building anything up at all. Well, but then it also boils down to, you know, every individual person who has a concern about the second amendment will ask each other over the kitchen table. Hey, how do we go the other direction? Hey, how, how do we actually start winning back some of these culture wars? How do we spark these conversations? We want to know the answer. The way that we win all this back is by literally responding, just taking time to respond to the people who show interest. Yeah. As soon as you start blowing people off, correct, you are shutting down the Second Amendment. You, <laughs> and I'm talking to myself as well here because it, it, it is a huge time suck. And one person is not able to come home from a full you know, eight, nine hour day at work and spend another hour answering DMs. No, I need to go yeah, spend time that's... with my wife. So there is a balance here. But how do we win culture war back? You have to start actually investing back into the culture. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, that, that hits it on the head, right? Cause people that are on that, they're walking that line, right? Like, do I, which side of this am I on, you know, for lack of a better, you know, analogy. Um, if there isn't someone there to embrace them on, we'll say the right side, you know, political leanings being sure. what they are, we know that there's, millions of people on the left side screaming, you know, this, that, the other accurate or, or not, right. That's going to fill that gap, you know, whether, um, or fill that gap that uh, with knowledge, you know, whether it's accurate right. or not, like I said, right. they're going to fill that. And then that, that person then becomes of that, I don't want to say persuasion, but that's, that's their feeling on it is, oh, well, I heard from this from all my friends and all these people are screaming this way. So it must, there must be something to it. Right. Right. And it's, that kind of attitude, you know, I think that for a very long time in the second amendment community, and even, I mean, all honesty, a little bit today still, right. That, that killed us is that we, people don't want to be, didn't want to be bothered. Right. They didn't want to be, Oh, well, I mean, I know this, how do you not know this? You know, like, you know, get good scrub, like get out of here, go learn something, right. you know, or like you said, respond to a message with, you know, www.google.com. Exactly. Like, like I get it. And there's definitely times for those responses. Usually for me, it's to my brother, <laughs> but you know, but like, that's the, that's the easiest way to push, to push someone back. And, and 
crush that call. I don't want to call it a culture war, but it kind of is, you know, we're battling for things like the second amendment and for, since you brought religion earlier, I mean, we're kind of battling for our um, culture, way of life. It, it is kind of pseudo-religious in a lot of different ways, just because of how devout a lot of people are with how we feel about this. Um, so, I mean, to fight back with it, you know, obviously violence isn't the answer. It, it truly isn't if we want to maintain, you know, our life here in this country, but we have to inform people. We have to welcome those that are curious and understand that it's okay to only be you know, a little bit involved, um, if that's what you're comfortable with. Right. You, know, you, don't, you don't have to go in full nods and, uh, body armor and all that, unless you want to, in which case, like you should do it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and that, I mean, that is the hard line because we, we preach, um, as the second amendment community. Yeah. This stuff is for defending ourselves against a tyrannical government, primarily first and foremost, secondarily, it can be hunting uh, or protecting from a home invasion. But the, the founders did such a good job of intentionally setting up a system that protects the sovereignty of the individual. Yeah. You as a person, as, as you know, an individual who may be married, may not, may have kids, may not, may be religious or, or not. You have the freedoms to make the choices that you want to make the way that you want to make them. And we preach, most of us here at the second, you know, with the second amendment community, we mm-hmm. preach that that's what it is for. The danger is when it goes too far in either direction, we could say, and it's you, and it has to be used for violence or the opposite, which is to say it can never be used for violence. When in reality, Um, Where we're standing right now, at least, is that the threat of capable, violent men and women is what's holding a lot of tyrannical government steps at bay for now. So correct. At the moment, our First Amendment is preserving a lot. The Second Amendment is still being verbally utilized. Now we don't want to threaten anybody. We, you know, that's, that's not our intent, but the fact that American civilians are better armed (laughs) than most nations in the world. Yeah, absolutely. uh, That, that in and of itself is a huge act. So I don't want any violence to come to American shores or happen internally. Mm -hmm. Um, In no way do we want that to happen, but the threat of it, which means you also have to be willing and capable to uh, enact violence through. as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. but again, it's so hard. You, you have to balance between the two. And really, where does the balance lie? Well, that, that has to be answered by the sovereignty of the, of the individual. You have that right to make that choice. For some people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if law enforcement comes to their house and is, you know, and is saying you put a stock on your rifle and that's illegal, if that person chooses to open fire, uh, yeah. that then the other person down the street has the freedom to say, that's not my choice. Now you can condemn someone else for the choices that they make or, or don't make, but I mean, you can't, to a degree you can, you can say, I don't agree with the choices that they made, but you have the freedom to make your own choice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what America is here for to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, in the context behind all that is, is, is key. And I think that, 
you know, I don't think anybody, anybody that I know of really, um, or at least that has been on this podcast, I can tell you is not, has never come out and said like, yeah, we need to just like violently revolt. Um, right. We shouldn't, right. you know, now on the opposite side of that, I know there's been, we'll call elected quote leaders, right. Politicians that have come out on the other side against, uh, the right wing, never, you know, sure. and yeah. I hope that there's violence. I hope that there's an uprising. And I think that that's pretty, I think that's pretty shitty, honestly, you know, yeah. that's, um, yeah. it's, you know, because if it were the other way around and kind of like we're seeing right now with this, like what January 6th thing, trying to condemn the previous administration saying that they screamed for violence and it's not, it's not quite true. And I think it's, you know, the media kind of controls a lens that puts this community in a bad light. And I think, and, and that's part of it, you know, if people in this community don't wake up and realize that the smallest things become, it's kind of like a, like the ripple effect, right? Like it, it gets bigger over time. Um, and if we don't start doing positive things and, and reaching out and supporting each other and answering those kinds of questions, filling in those gaps, um, being that welcoming hand, right? Um, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but um, if you look at the last 40 years here, which has not been overnight, it's been a pretty steady progression of, um, you know, compromise, right? Oh yeah. Common sense compromise. And it just rolls back where the second amendment as a community is, you know, a, because of the legality behind it would be because by enacting that legality, I think it clips the wings, so to speak, you know, and it, it makes it that much harder for us to grow. Now, I think we've had tremendous momentum in the last seven, eight years, maybe, right, maybe a little right. less, maybe six years. Um, I think T-Rex is a huge part of that. I think you are a, a, a big part of that. You know, um, like I said, I followed you before you got to T-Rex and I always thought it was really <laughs> cool that like you had like your dry fire space in your garage and like all this, like, you know, cabinet and storage space. And I'll be honest, like that was seeing that when I bought my house with my wife, I was like, okay, listen, we will do whatever you want upstairs. I will do whatever you want. Just know that when you come down these stairs, things are going to be different. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, so like, I mean, I did everything, you know, this, I'm in my basement right now recording. Everything down here was built for one way or another, like a little bit of comfort. And the rest of it was like, Hey, I need a big workbench to work on my guns and yes. store all stuff. And like, yeah, like, Hey, there's some space over there. The, the washer and dryer can fit. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I, well, I think you're right. I have such a fear of continuing to see the progression of um, the Second Amendment be trampled on, you know, one bite at a time, just chipping away at, at that right. Yeah. Um, and people have said for a long time that we have, you know, we've, well, we, the Second Amendment, we've never, we've only ever lost our rights. You know, when was the last time that we had a victory? Well, I can tell you that, you know, the, when, when uh, the, the Clinton assault weapons ban concluded that, yeah, actually banning all of these flash hiders and detachable magazines of certain sizes, everything that they enacted on that assault weapons ban, they concluded, yep, this had nothing to do with the gun violence and they had to bring everything back. That was a huge win. See, and that's, and what, and I don't, okay, I'm going to sound like a boomer here and I'm only, I'm like 32. <laughs> But I will say that, you know, okay, the world's changing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Social media now more than ever is the voice of people. Um, right. You know, all these, 
damn kids, right? They go out there and they, they just, they spew the left side garbage because I think you hear a lot of it in schools and um, a lot of it on the news and everything. So, and to kind of piggyback on what you're saying earlier, they, they really don't know any better. They don't realize we, we did the assault weapons ban thing in the nineties. Um, it didn't work. And there's data from, I'll call them your party, right? It was, or I think it was sure. leaked a bipartisan study that, and you know, uh, there's been a lot of guys that have referenced this and the validity of it is it has little to no impact on violent crime. Um, hell, we're talking a lot about school shootings, unfortunately, lately, right. the, right. what you would call, I would say the progenitor of modern school shootings as awful as it is to even have that kind of a phrase was the Columbine high school shooting. Right. 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 Which took place during the Clinton era assault weapons ban. Right. And it, it's, it speaks to how pointless some of those laws are because evil finds a way. Absolutely. Um, I think we're focusing on the method and not the, the, the cause, you know, when we, when we talk about these gun gun legislation and all this stuff and it's just, it, it, it just doesn't seem very well thought out. I think that's, you know, done purposely in, in some areas and sure not so much in others, you know, um, actually well, I oh, go ahead. No, go for it. I was oh. going to say, I actually forgot where I was going with that. So, Oh, well, by all means. <laughs> I have, I have thoughts to add on to that. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting that there's, uh, people talking about, um, how do we help individuals in so many other areas, the left and the right are so wrapped up in, free education, free healthcare, a lot mm-hmm. of the general ideas, uh, you know, free insurance for people who can't afford vehicle insurance, whatever it is, everyone is so invested in how do we help people right now? And when it comes to anything gun related, the government and the media is so quick to say, well, it's the gun that's the problem. Yeah. It's the tool. It's the item that's at fault where you would never apply that to someone who or at least I mean, publicly, they don't apply crashes, to drunk people driving. Have, you know, yeah, we, don't, exactly. we, don't sue, we don't sue the car manufacturers. I know this. My father works for an auto manufacturer. We don't. <laughs> there we, you go. You know, we just went through COVID, which was, I mean, awful and made worse, right, by politicians. But uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't actually looked up a statistic, but I would be willing to bet there was double digit percentage increase of alcohol consumption in this country oh. Oh, during, sure. that, during lockdown. I know I probably took a couple of years off my life just because there's nothing else to do. I know, I know. Um, you know, and we don't, we don't blame alcohol. We don't go after the bourbon industry. We don't, you know, go after the, the vodka industry here. Um, and so it just, it seems so disingenuous that, you know, and like you're saying, they, both sides um, talk about better healthcare, tell people better education, right? There shouldn't be um, a, a price barrier, right? Cause it's something that all people should have access to at a reasonable level. Right. But we're going to put up a price barrier on access to firearms and self-defense because, exactly. because why, I mean, right. all of you elected officials, you have, you know, security teams and guards and protectors. Right. And what do you think that they're going to defend you with harsh language? Like it, exactly. they're going to, they're going to use a Glock or, right. or a gun, you know, whatever, you know? Sure. Well, yeah, there's, there's this massive push for protect, you know, we have to, we have to help the individual and we got to get them free healthcare and free so on and so forth. The problem is 
that everything comes at a cost. Nothing is free. No free lunch. Which is right? why free doesn't work. Yeah. Exactly. So what is it that we're trading? What is it that you are giving away? You want to know what you're giving away? You're giving your freedom. You are giving away your individual right to choose. So, mm-hmm. hey, let's make car insurance mandatory. Everyone has to have it. And if you can't afford it, the government's going to provide it. Well, you just gave up your right to choose a little bit more about how your finances are spent, where you're going to invest those finances, if you're going to be a safe driver or not, because as soon as that car insurance became mandatory, uh, vehicle crashes went up dramatic, uh, dramatically. So, I mean, how people's minds work when something is provided to them for free radically shifts how they value and perceive that item as a whole. Okay, now on top of that, we're concerned about the individual and the individual's safety and liberty and freedom. So um, let's see, how do I break this down? Okay, I'll put it this way. Um, this, is, this is really sad, but it's true. Whenever signs go up at a school, say a high school, um, and there's, there's multiple statistics and research done to back this up, you can look it up yourself, but whenever there is signs that go up in a school, that say, hey, are you thinking about suicide? Is suicide a concern? If you thought about it in the last 30 or 90 days, and all of a sudden there are signs going up everywhere, trying to help these kids because maybe one kid committed suicide in a high school. Horrible, terrible situation. The problem is now, as soon as it is plastered everywhere and it's in front of everyone and they're thinking about that horrific thing, statistically, suicide goes up like crazy. The same can be done for alcohol consumption. Hey, do you think you're gambling too much? Do you think whatever it is, people typically process through one of those scenarios and it just becomes habit as their brain thinks about it, it starts to become Mm -hmm. normalized and it becomes reality. So that would probably start to explain, we pick up our phone and we see school shooting. You look at the TV and it says school shooting. You open up Facebook, you open up Instagram, you go to work, yep. there are emails, yep. and all of a sudden, all over. school shootings go up like crazy. So it seems like these things come in waves, and then everything kind of dies down. Oh, like right and, before an election, maybe? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit of conspiracy I mean, theory there. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel bad. I used to feel bad saying that. I don't anymore. I, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm beyond uh, being under the impression that the government is trying to help us. Uh, I, I've, I've moved way past that. I think that they are just other human beings at the top. Yep. And they want to stay there. A, have found a way to make money <laughs> and to be in yep. power. And they are just committed to doing anything. They've just become drunk on power. So I can't, how did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, it took a, a little bit of a turn. I mean, I'm fine with it. I think it's, it's a realization, right? I, that everyone sure. that comes into this community, you know, the two A is the two A community, sorry, is uh, I want to say in danger, but it, but it kind of is, you know, and I think that um, having more better educated people um, that are well-versed in these, the kinds of things like the content you put out and that's, you know, we've talked a lot about the second amendment, but what I've actually seen a lot of on your content lately has been, what I call like, like two a adjacent stuff, like, Mm. Hey, get out and go backpacking or like rucking or, you know, learn about comms, learn about navigation, you know? Uh, And that's the thing. Like if you are just, I want to say radically, if you're, if you are drastically opposed to owning a firearm, cool. 
there is a lot that is again, like adjacent to this that you can use to protect yourself, be well-prepared and still have, I think some kind of healthy appreciation for the second amendment and the community. Right. Um, those are all good skills, you know? Right. And, and I think it, you've been doing a lot of that, a lot more of that lately. Right. Right. Well, a lot of that really was sparked from uh, a realization that our second amendment community, <laughs> primarily through social media, which is a big community, the, the Instagram gun community, we got into guns and immediately got sucked into, well, who are the fastest guys? Who are the, who are the best of the best tip of the spear? Yep. And we, all of a sudden, everyone had to have a short upper. I want a 10, three barrel. I want, you know, slick kit. I want to move super fast. And I just want to be the Navy seal dev grew green beret, you know, uh, ODA group, which is awesome. The problem is no one ever skips over things like infantrymen basics. How do you put weight on? Yeah. How do you put weight on your back and start walking? And I concluded, yeah, I got a massive gap in my perceived capabilities. And so then once those interests started to grow and I started to explore, Hey, I want to hike over here on public land. Well, I don't really want to carry a rifle and wear an entire chest rig while I'm out doing some of those things. So maybe I'll just throw a ruck on and, and a big old backpack and I'll just carry a bunch of stuff around. And only then did I start to continue to backtrack even further and conclude, Hey, for disaster relief, if there's a tornado that comes through or depending on where you live, if there's a crazy flood or there's a massive energy crisis, which who knows, we may be headed into that to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. More more likely than I think a lot of us want to admit. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. But I mean, for whatever reason, if I have to put some stuff in a backpack and get myself or myself and my family or whatever it is to a different location or go help somebody or go find food, whatever that may be. Yeah. I don't know that I am well prepared or realistically understand what that means. And, you know, on top of all that, it's really fun to throw a bunch of kit on and go hike and then conclude, Mm -hmm. oh, well, this Velcro sitting right here, this rubs me the wrong way. Let's rearrange my kit and figure out how to make that better. And then also take some of that, you know, kit off and let's go shoot in the gear that we just hiked five miles in. I I get a big kick out of that. Or even, or even just, just getting outside. You know, like being away from, and I, like, I work from home, I work in finance. So I'm in front of a computer all day long. I'm in the house all the time, you know, like, uh, was it March of 2020, right? When COVID stuff like really started getting heavy in the countries when they sent us home and I haven't been back since. Um, and you know, so it's just getting out into the outdoors away from screens and cell phones and like all that stuff is super liberating. And there's even been I think like some scientific studies, just like connecting like your bare skin, bare feet, whatever, connecting with dirt and trees and stuff. Like it has a grounding effect on you, you know? Um, so it's, I think more people should, and more people should do it. And if you don't have, you know, a huge mystery ranch bag or an Everly stock, you know, some of the, like the crazy nice stuff and you, cause you're not sure you want to get into it. Like just load up a backpack. If you love it, then you'll know that you want to spend more money on it. If you hate it, you should still do it, but you know, you, you know, you know, you may, you want to invest in different places and stuff, maybe, right. you know, but I, th- I think that's a huge part of all this too, is just like, get outside, you know? Um, and, and like, yeah, learn your equipment, learn your kit, learn right. your own, your, your personal limits and capabilities. 
Um, I think that's a huge gap for a lot of people, I guess. Um, I'll say gap, you know, uh, or shortcoming is, uh, you know, pulling triggers is cool and shooting is awesome. However, in a scenario like, you know, like you were saying, you know, energy crisis, or you have to go help somebody go do something. It's about like 4% of what you, you may be doing. If, right. if that, it may be 0%, you know? Right. So uh, maybe there's other things you can be working on, like yourself, your strength, your body, your mind to an extent, learning how to read a map and compass correctly. Cause it's not, I did this last year. I learned how to do very fundamental land navigation not realize that there were three technical Norths um, and that if you just follow, you know, North on a compass and North on a map are not exactly the same thing. And, you know, if you walk long enough, you won't get where you think you're going, you know, and that's, it's kind of valuable information and it's fundamental. Like it is, it's very fundamental. And if you don't have that, you're kind of screwed or really screwed, you know? Um, So I think it's cool that, that that's, that's a focus as well. Um, and, and, you know, you, and I'm sure you probably get a ton. Of, do you get a ton of questions on that stuff now too? I know do. Before, you know, on lives, you get a lot of questions about firearm stuff, but, um, I, th- I feel like bags are one of those things. They're kind of like holsters. You know, everyone's yeah. like, oh, dude, nice bag. What is that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and when it carries a ton of stuff and when you're like, yeah, I mean, my bag weighs at the moment, 55 pounds, everyone wants to know, well, gosh, how do you make that comfortable? Well, you don't, you just yeah. get it as comfortable as you can. 55 pounds, you it's not there. comfortable. You just no, gotta get no. used to at it. some point it's, it's still going to weigh what it is, what it's going to weigh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's such a, a massive um, fascination, at least I know that I have it in reading books or listening to podcasts or YouTube videos from individuals who, who are the tip of the spear or who were the tip of the spear. Yeah. And I know a, a bunch of dudes in the second amendment, maybe who didn't join the military or did, but had an MOS that they wish they had done something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. We have these massive fascinations in, okay, well, that ODA guy, how did he get there? And what kind of person is he? And then the follow-up question of course is, am I that kind of person? Do I have what it takes to do those kinds of things? And we listen to all these guys talk about, um, you know, all I did was never quit. Okay. Well, let's unpack that a little bit right exactly (laughs) at some point someone's gonna have to quit otherwise you're just gonna die doing push-ups right so 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 okay what does that mean and where are these lines and one of those limitations we get fascinated by wow what's it going to take for me to go find a place to go push myself and find what i what i have what i'm made out of and to the point where now uh what's that um go ruck, like the go ruck yeah. events. There's, they, they host and it costs money to do it, but they host these huge places where dudes just get to go haze the crap out of you. And they're like, do this many pushups and do this many, you know, what? skull drags and just like, you okay, well now crawl underwater and here you add another 80 pounds to your back and hike up that hill and people want to know what they're made out of. So I, I was thinking about all this years ago and concluded, well, I don't know. I could do something useful, like go practice changing my tire in the dark with just a red headlamp. Like that'd be something I hadn't done before and finding these things that I actually do, hopefully not in my everyday life, like changing my Mm -hmm. tire, but different things. Okay. Well, 
can I do, can I add some difficulty to it and test myself and try and find out? And that's where things like throwing a big heavy backpack on, carrying a rifle and hiking, let's get up at 4.30 in the morning. Or that's also where my dry fire thing before T-Rex arms, let's get up at 4.30 in the morning and dry fire. Why? Because I want to see if tomorrow Josh Lowry is going to be able to get up when that alarm goes off and actually go do it. And it would eat me up all day if I'd go back to sleep just because yeah. I, I had told myself that I was consumed by being the type of man that has what it takes. Okay. Well, go prove it. And I wasn't doing anything spectacular. I was just trying things in life and trying to be exceptional at the everyday stuff in life. And that was a pretty good uh, introduction to testing. Like, yeah, now let's throw a little bit more weight in the backpack. It's not anything crazy. All you're doing is going for a hike, but trying to find a little bit more about who I am. It's been a, it's been a fun process, which really just looks like I'm hiking around with a backpack on Instagram, but I don't know. There's a little bit more soul searching involved yeah. there. Got, no, and, really I, and I mean, and that's, that, I mean, that's, that's cool. You know, I mean, I think that, um, with all the questions that people have on some of this stuff, you know, like you're saying, Oh, what bag is that? What, you know, I think I saw somebody's like, dude, nice jacket. What jacket is that? It's like, dude, it's yeah. a jacket. Like, like calm it down for a second, bro. You know, right. or, you know, everyone has all these questions and things and it's like, we're in this endless search for what stuff, you know, like what stuff's going to complete me. And at the, at some point you get to a point where you're like, all right, well, that rifle's done. Like I got my suppressor out of jail, like, cool that's a really good optic. And you're like, you're looking for like, well, what's next. And a right. lot of people, I think they just completely gleam over like, well, what's inside, you know, I mean, not to get too philosophical about it, but you know, um, <clears throat> how far can you push yourself physically? Yes. That's one piece of it, but mentally is another piece of it too. Um, these are all deeper considerations that don't really cost anything and they can't really be bought you know, you can't just like here, uh, 60 bucks and that's it. Now I have biceps and they work and I can lift things and I'm set. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like right. you got to look at it a little bit differently, a little bit, you know, deeper than that. And I think that's, that kind of attitude is, is starting to, to, to take root a little bit more. Um, there's been some fairly prominent guys that start talking a little bit more about this stuff and like physical health and physical fitness. Um, and that's the point where you have to be like completely shredded, but just be capable. And then I think, you know, a lot of people will start pushing themselves once they start down that path. Like you're saying, like, I want to find out like who I am, what I'm made of and everything. You, as long as you can get yourself started, you know, every, like it's like, uh, or at least I've been told, cause I was never a smoker, but I've been told like when you're quitting smoking, like the first two weeks are the toughest, you know, cause you're starting, you're like right. adjusting your lifestyle. Um, the same thing with like a diet, right. Cause you're used to like, I assume at least when I was getting on a diet, it was like the sugar and the pop and the junk and everything. Um, if you can set, uh, like two weeks, a routine for yourself and get into that, you find yourself starting to want more, you know, like I didn't want to go to the gym. I hated the gym. And now, uh, after, you know, here, like a year and a half later of it's like, if I don't go three days a week in my normal routine, like I feel weird, I can feel it right. and I miss it. And I want to like push that limit. It's, I mean, it's kind of the, the same approach to shooting where you start, you start building those like personal standards for some things you know, or how much weight, how many reps, how fast. And you're like, all right, I can do better. Am I at the point where I can do better yet? Did I lose something? Did I, can I not lift as much? Can I not run as long today? Um, 
it all, and it all kind of compounds together, you know, um, and builds into this overarching idea, this community and this, this concept, right. Of preparedness. Um, you can only do, and, and so, and so I, I know you probably get a ton of questions around the, like the, the gear stuff. Um, you know, guys like, Hey man, I got this optic. Is this going to be, is this going to be good? You know, cause I think a lot of people <laughs> we're just conditioned in a, I want it now culture that if you just throw enough money at it and a lot of people have more money than sense, right. Or just right. like, Hey man, uh, what's, you know, what scope do I need? You know, I see you have a Leopold. Is that good? Should I go with this? You know, um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you get a ton of those. Uh, do you think that that has started to shift at all? Or is that never going away in your opinion? I mean, I agree. I think it's never going away. I had, um, I haven't, I haven't done an Instagram questionnaire for a little while, but I I've started answering uh, with those generic questions. Uh, what holster should I buy? What optic should I buy? What light should I buy? Uh, context. That's where this yes, is going. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the goal, I started saying a lot more, it depends. Not yep. leaving it with just that answer. And I remember but, that being, that was like the response that would piss me off when I asked people that. Like, well, it depends. I'm like, it's not, tell me it's if it's not, a clock 19. <laughs> exactly. I just want, I want the numbers and the statistics and the details. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right, Exactly. Uh, okay. But I mean, there's, there's the old classic, should I buy a Smith and Wesson or should I buy a Glock? Okay. Well, the reason Glock. that you it, should buy a Glock, yeah, you should buy a Glock. Yes. But, but here's the reason why it still depends. If everyone in your shooting circle runs a Smith and Wesson, now you have holster cross compatibility. Now, if a part breaks and you're on the range or you're out at a shooting class, Mm-hmm. And your buddy has an extra recoil spring or has an extra extractor or whatever it is that you need your buddy that you tend to be around a lot more. So it's not a yeah. cut and dry. Hey, if your friend has this, then you should buy it too. No, not necessarily, but there are still, there are, there's more to it. You need context. And so here's, here's a part of the reason that I started pushing for that as well. We have so many people hit up people at T-Rex arms, whether it's customer service or just individuals through social media and ask questions like that. And the goal was to try to help people learn how to think. We don't necessarily want to just spoon feed people the answer all the time. That's not how a proper education system happens anyway. A proper education system is teaching people how to come to a conclusion and how to ask questions in order to get to the answer that is best going to serve them. So what to go back to your original question, do I think it's ever going to go away? No, there's no way every, you know, there's, (laughs) there's another idiot born every day. There's going to be the next, the next 17, 18 year old who doesn't know anything about firearms, not that they're an idiot, but they don't know what they don't know. Yep. So the goal with context and being able to say, okay, man, it depends. And the, this is, these are the things that you need to think through in order to get yourself to the answer. And I tend to prefer blank, but I, you know, I may live in a more humid state. I may live in a hotter state. I may carry in a place that's different than you. I may uh, be fairly active in my lifestyle and you may sit at a desk for your job currently. There's there's so many more questions that have to be asked about all of these different details. So 
I don't think it's ever going away, but man, I'm really trying to help people learn how to think at least my, my followers, I'm not just going to give you a cut and dry answer for every single question. Yeah. And I think that's, that's good, you know, or at the very least, you know, if I have friends that reach out with stuff like that, I just had one who's getting married and she messaged me the other day. Um, she's a cool chick. She's awesome. Her and her fiance are, are just awesome people. And she like, she likes my videos on Instagram or anything. She's like, Oh, I think it's so cool. Like, I love that. You know, I love seeing that and everything. And she messaged me the other day. She's like, so, you know, I was looking and, you know, I, I want to get a gun and I want to get Dan a gun. We're going to do his wedding gifts. What do you think of Taurus? I was like, Oh boy. Well, I was like, well, what are you getting? Why, why Taurus? Like, well, he wants a revolver and I want something bigger in nine millimeter. I was like, okay. Um, if that's what you guys have figured out, I'd recommend looking at Smith and Wesson. You can still get a nine millimeter and he can still get a pretty good revolver at a similar price point. But I'll just tell you that I've heard Taurus's quality control is getting better, but it's a big concern. And I pretty much tell everyone that. So take that for what it's worth. And like, oh, cool. oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've never, my brother owns like a Smith J frame. I've never actually shot a revolver. I I've given up on trying to talk people out of buying them because the people that are like, I want one. They just, they, they They're do sold. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, already I gotta have in. Yeah, I'm like, I so you know. don't care about like follow-up shots or wanting to be able to shoot more than five rounds for your hand hurts. Like, no, cool. Like <laughs> you do you man. And good luck with it. You know, I mean, realistically, if, if, if he's going to carry it on a regular basis and be proficient with it, that's all. I mean, cool. You know what? Totally. Train with it. Be good with it. That's a good enough answer. Um, what I don't understand is the people that are like, Hey, I bought uh, this, you know, like Smith and Wesson Sigma or what's whatever the new Sigma is the SD nine or whatever, like the uh, okay Smith clock clone, whatever. Sure. You know, I'm like, now I'm going to, you know, I don't like that because there's no parts for it because it's really cheap. So I'm going to buy this Canik instead. And some of the Canik stuff is actually decent in sure. the last yeah. years. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, like, oh, well, I can't find what I quite want because I want to run a, a dot and I can't get the Safari. So I'm not going to go buy, you know, a, a nicer Smith. And then, well, you know, but then my favorite guy on IG buys, you know, a Glock. So I, I'm, I'm going to get a Glock. And it's like, dude, why don't you just stop for a second and do some more research and really just understand that out of all the firearms you just listed, there's about $100 either way in price sure. and availability is about the same. So if what you really wanted all along was, you know, reliable nine millimeter, this ammo capacity, this shootability, whatever, maybe it's just going straight to the Glock to begin with, instead of just jumping at the first thing that came to you, you know? Exactly. And I think that's, I mean, I'm guilty. Like I've made some, some uh, knee jerk purchases. I do own a Canik. Oh, I did sure. buy one because I thought it would be an awesome alternative before I bought my first Glock. I get it. I was sadly mistaken. It's actually pretty cool. The trigger and the SD9 or no, TP9, whatever, whatever yeah. their Glock 19 equivalent is, it has a sure. great trigger out of the box. They do, no kidding. And a lot of um, them ship with really nice iron sights and the do. grip feels good. I don't, I don't like the little, like the, the nub on the backs on the, or on the beaver tail. Yeah. It kind of yeah, digs and it's that. weird. Um, but what really kills me is it feels like there's like a literal kitchen refrigerator on that slide. It's so thick and heavy and uncomfortable <laughs> to carry. I carried it because I carry appendix daily. I usually carry a 43 X. I tried carrying that thing like one trip to the grocery store. I was like, Nope, this is Can't not, Nope. Uh, uh-uh, not, yep. not working. 
Um, and I, and like, once I started digging into it, a couple more people had those opinions, like, yeah, not, not really what I'm going to go with. Me. Okay. If I would have done a little more research, you know, and understood a little bit better, like if I spent like 70 bucks more, I would have gotten the Glock and it would have been fine. Right. You know? Exactly. And that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that I, is a, I think a good goal to try and combat, at least me personally, when people look, come to me and say that stuff, it's like, well, if you really like Canik, cool, go for it. Right. Right. But there's plenty of other options out there. And I mean, the, the biggest thing with Glock, kind of like what I said with the whole Smith and Wesson thing, one of the biggest things with Glock at this point is that everyone else is running them. And so if you're looking for a <laughs> holster for sale, if you're looking for uh, a light that's going to go onto a pistol, if you're looking for, hey, I'm going to swing into this uh, gun store and see if they have any extra magazines for my pistol. Unfortunately, if you have a Canik, odds are fairly low that every gun store in America is going to have something in stock. Whereas if you're looking at a, at least the key three at this point, Glock, Sit, uh, Smith, and Sig, like if you're mm-hmm. looking at a P320, now yep. all of a sudden the P320 is going to be a big deal because the army went with it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about that. I know. Honestly, I think there was, uh, I think there was some uh, insider trading in there. And it's bit. weird because you're seeing a lot of guys jump on the Sig bandwagon all of a sudden. Sure. Like, I mean, a I, lot of guys. I'll say this: Sig has completely blown up in a good way. They have mm-hmm. turned around, in my opinion, who they were when they were when they first came over from Germany and that that hard push. They're now making two two sixes in America and two two nines in America and trying to find their footing as an American gun company. And they started making the SIG M400s, the AR, which was okay, but it wasn't really anything special. And then they started doing the MCX. And then they uh, opened up a optics manufacturing facility in Portland, which is huge. And that they- That is a big deal. Yeah. And they started winning government contracts. And now they're, they're doing the, the spear, which the- big army is going to be fielding a brand new rifle, which that's crazy. So it hasn't happened in like 70 years. Oh my gosh. SIG has come a long way and they are uh, rapidly over the past five years, turning into a powerhouse in this industry. What I hope happens though, is that they don't get completely sucked into all these government contracts. I hope that they are still a civilian capable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And all they want is the big, big multi-million dollar contracts and they don't have to worry about anyone else because they only have one customer. Like, well, Well, and that's what a lot of the the fan, I I hate using the term fanboys, but a lot of people that are like diehard SIG people, like, like them, you know, old SIG. Love the 226, the 229 and everything. They don't realize about this. They think it's great because it's blown up is that there's laws around this stuff now that they win all these contracts. So they're, I mean, they're a business. They're in this to make money, right? Right. So whatever they sell that to the government at is what they sell it to you at. No cheaper. That's actually legal. Why do you think, I mean, Surefire makes a lot of great quality stuff, but why do you think Surefire stuff is all like top tier in price? because they have all those government contracts. And that's what they sell to the government for. Right. Now, granted, like I said, very high quality. You are getting a good product when you buy it. But there's also a lot of crappy products over the last 20 years in the war on terror where it's like, yeah, this is a $300 optic. And it's like, dude, I wouldn't pay $30 for that. It's a piece of crap. Right. But they got right. the contract. Right. So there it is. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And I think some of those, well, I think some of those contracts even have to be cheaper for the government, which 
is just another chip away at, well, the government has special powers because they're human beings who are uh, entitled as opposed to yep. the American civilian who, wait a minute, ha- yeah, what's any, what's, what's different from the government protecting me in war versus me protecting myself from a government, whether it's my own government or another, uh, drives me nuts. I will, it's a, I, one thing that I, so we, we did talk about the, like the, the Clinton assault weapons ban that ended in 04, like right. right in the thick of the war on terror, right? And as soon as, I don't say as soon as, but very shortly after the ban fell off, people are buying ARs again. And it like the civilian market, which is what, I mean, I get that there's money in government contracts, but the civilian market, I think is really where you want to be because there's way more civilians than there are government uh, people or whatever. Um, But I think it's helped spur a lot of this development. And I think that without, I mean, without the civilian access to a lot of these things to to drive their development and the research and everything. They, I mean, cause you look at what these clone guys do uh, on some of these Facebook and Instagram pages, like, yeah, I paid $1,700 for this aim point 2000. It's like a right. by today's standard. It's a total garbage optic by today's standards. Cool as hell for nostalgia, but that civilian piece is like, I think, you know, pushed and spurred that development and that growth. And now we have so many more options out there. And as a result, now, so does the government with these contracts with, you know, do you want to go with an EOTech because of, you know, parallax concerns, Aimpoint, both, I don't know, you know, uh, the SIG, uh, was it the Tango that they yeah, just the went Tango with? Tango 6T is another, is another contract optic. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's crazy considering that like three years ago, I think it was like three years ago, they didn't even make optics. No. Yeah. And they already jumped up to like top of the top of the list. Good quality. I mean, have you shot one? I have not, but yeah. Yeah. There's, they're sweet. They're a lot like the loophole Mark six. Um, and I think some of the guys that engineered the Mark six or even some of the same guys that went over to SIG and helped engine, you know, design and engineer that one as well. It's a lot alike. Um, again it's it's a one to six with uh an illuminated reticle and some stadia holds it's it's fairly straightforward the the idea is pretty simple but um if it's done well and it's made at a place where the government says hey well it's i guess it wouldn't be berry compliant because berries apparel if it's made somewhere where the government says yep sure enough we can buy that it passed all the tests and it's a Mm -hmm. it's a durable optic for sure yeah yeah and now we're seeing things like the you know, again, pushed, uh, I would, I think pushed more by the civilian market. I could be wrong in saying that, but like the one to tens are becoming super popular now. Exactly. I heard that there's some work to be done there, but it is a, it's an accessible option. And before those were like, no, if you want a 10 magnification, you got to start at like a three by like minimum, you know? Right. Um, Cause I remember right around the time I was getting into shooting was like when one to fours were you know, that was, that was a deal. You got to either have that, uh, what was it? The, the vortex, I think it's the Viper PST in the one to four, or there was a Trigicon did like an AccuPower. Uh, the one was it the AccuPoint? Yeah. There were a few manufacturers that were doing good one to fours. Loopold had a Mark four. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember some of those like that that was the jam. And then it's like, Hey, we got a one to six now. It's like, well, that's done. So (laughs) what the next thing, vortex razor, here we go, you know, or the Mark six. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, the civilian market drives all this and 
unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, it's all people are like, Hey man, I just bought this new optic. Well, that's not any good. Only buy another one. You know, they're, they kind of drive those sales and everything, but you know, I mean, I, I do think we are seeing improvements in like in the terms of like floor and ceiling, you know, like the floor, like crappy optics are only getting better and like the really good optics are only getting a lot better. Right. Right. With developments and enhancements now, like, I mean, there's still the cheap Chinese crap out there. And I am ashamed to say at one point I did spend $20 on a red dot, red dot off of Amazon. (laughs) Not my finest moment. Um, (laughs) But you know, I uh, live and learn, right? Um, yeah, we've all been there. I feel like you have to go through that phase. You know, people oh, that, don't, that don't go through that, like <laughs> that like soul crushing shame when people are like, put, when you get that perspective and realize I made mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. Know, like, that's, a, that's a big learning moment. And it's part of your development, I think, as like an individual <laughs> and a shooter that yeah, you, no, you understand that. <laughs> You have to be able to appreciate good quality. And sometimes, unfortunately, that starts with having poor quality stuff, which that's how it goes. And it's a fun part of just being so excited. Hey, I just got a rifle. Oh, wow. I can buy an optic now. Okay. Well, what kind of optics are out there? You know, hop online, best, cheapest, fastest shipping. When can I get it? Can I have it tomorrow? Kind of optic. And you slap it on there and yeah, it's a, it's a fun part of the experience and hopefully think, you, you know, I think once you handle right, the nice stuff, you're right. like, okay, like I, mm. I understand. I have to make this I, happen. I went out to an event last year on September 11th. Uh, I want to, it's not local, it's an hour away, but a place where I go to take classes and stuff. And they had uh, the EOTech reps there because EOTech is a Michigan company up here and I was like, ah, you know, I'm always like, I like the way Neotech looks because it looks kind of like the Mark 18 photos yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I told myself forever, like I had like uh, the Vortex Crossfire 2 red dot. Great little red dot, you know, yeah. 150 bucks. Like, cool. I, I'm good. I'm, I don't need, don't need anything else. And then I picked up an EXPS 3. And I was yeah. like, oh, man. I want to get the EXPS 2 because it was a little bit cheaper. And I know in the foreseeable future, I'm probably not able to afford nods yet. Sure. That's the guy who was like trying to talk me up on it. I'm like, listen, by the time I can do that, I can drop another five or 600 bucks on an EXPS three. Like, right. But, oh my God. Yeah. It's that, it's like that, that graduation, you know, up into the appreciation of finer quality stuff and just understanding that it's an investment and you can get cheaper things that are still going to be okay. Even good in some instances. Um, Like I, I love Vortex. I do. I think that a lot of the stuff that they do, is affordable. The lifetime warranty, I think, gives a lot of people uh, that like reassuring, like, it's okay. No matter what happens, they got me covered. Agreed. You know, and, and they are getting better at a lot of the, a lot of their optics. Um, you know, like there was it the Huey, their holographic EOTech. Yeah. Yeah. Weighs twice as much as an EOTech, but sure. That, you know, like, okay, that's getting better. And their scopes, their budget line scope stuff is getting better. But I mean, Looking at like I looked down a what was it the one to eight voodoo? I'm like, yeah. man, this is this is just a little bit a little bit nicer than what I'm used to, you know. Well, and, and I, then both both Vortex and EOTech are doing a one to ten now, which is oh I didn't know EOTech was. Yeah, they have a voodoo one to ten. Um, and both are <laughs> phenomenal. I'm I'm just in general not the biggest fan of trying to get a all the way from one to 10 magnification it's 
huge range. Everything from yeah. weight and clarity and what does your reticle look like at one power? What does it look like at five or six power? What does it look like at 10 power? What are your holes? Uh, it's going to, uh, realistically, it's, it's going to have to be a front focal plane if you're going to have a, a reticle that's actually going to be usable all the way at 10 power and at one power, yeah. which has its own limitations. I prefer a, a front focal plane as well, but there's all these trade-offs that kind of boils back down to, for me, man, if I got a 10 power, why am I concerned about all the way back there at one power? Why don't I do like a night force two and a half to 10 or maybe even like a three to 18 as opposed to stopping at 10? I don't know. There's, there's a, I'm sure the technology in the glass and, and what the manufacturers are doing will catch up. And I'm sure that at some point my mind will change, but for now, yeah, one to tens are really cool, but I'd honestly still rather have a lightweight one to six or mm -hmm. a, like a, an offset dot and a three to 18 or something. Yeah, that's like what that. I was going to say too. If you're concerned with the low magnification, you know, cause I think people get really wound up and that's like, yeah, but I can do one all the way up to 10 or one all the way up to eight, six, whatever. It's like, okay, but are you really going to, I mean, like I run a one to six, the, the Viper PST and nice. I have an offset dot. Yeah. And I was thinking about the other day, I'm like, you know, I have this stupid throw lever on here and it never comes off six, like maybe a right. little bit to adjust it, but like, you're not flying back and forth between two and three and six and two. And it's like, you're really just leaving it on six most of the time. Right. So the lever is good if you don't have an offset dot, but I mean, I do. So, you know, because <laughs> I feel like some people, and I, I was that guy at one point too. It's like, you don't need to have, I don't know. You should have good clarity. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe just that maybe you're, you're asking yourself the wrong questions. You're trying to solve the wrong problems. There you, know? you go. Which, <laughs> which takes us back to that fun component for me of not just um, one, one setup, one piece of kit, and then, hey, this rifle's really cool. Yeah, but how's, how's the economy of motion to, to steal something from Travis Haley? How does all of your gear work together? So if yeah. I take this rifle and I have a sling set up in this specific way, and I have a light and a pressure pad mounted like this, and then I add a chest rig. Okay, well, let's try to move, move around in the flat range. Hey, I noticed that my sling keeps binding on my chest rig. Okay, let's make that adjustment. Now I throw a backpack on and I'm gonna go for a hike. Okay, well now I just moved that sling from point A to point B in order to not snag on my chest rig. But then I concluded I can't move my gun around very comfortably with the sling attached at this location when I have a rifle, a belt, a chest rig, and uh, a backpack or whatever the list is that you have. Sure. And every, and all of these issues or potential problems. Hey, maybe my throw lever when it's all the way at one power or six power digs into my sternum whenever I'm hiking. I don't know, whatever the yeah. problem is, you start to conclude like, okay, well, this one individual piece of kit is super cool, but holy crap, it does not work with any of my other kit, no matter what I do with it. It just doesn't work. It's yep. snagging on stuff. It's, you know, when I transition from rifle to pistol, this thing right here bumps me in the shin all the time or hits me in the hip and I can't work that way. And that's when you start figuring out Hey, everything has to flow together. Everything has to work in unison. Or maybe you have to be able to go from having uh, a chest rig on with a plate carrier stowed in a backpack. Okay, well, if I have to stash my backpack somewhere, put plates on and go hold down the fort or whatever it is that I'm going to be doing, 
does my plate carrier work with my chest rig? Like, do those yeah. things work together? And there's this massive Pandora's box that gets opened up of, hey, your rifle may be set up right. You may be under the impression that your rifle is set up right now. But once <laughs> you start adding in, hey, I got a new belt or I got a new chest rig. Oh, my gosh. You may be moving things around on your rifle just because yeah. you got a new chest rig. Or, or even just do you do you spend enough time with that gear to understand what it's going to be like under a full load? Like when I took my first carbine class, like, and I run it, I run an Orion. Like, I love that belt. It's great. Sure. Um, I had never run it uh, up to that point with a full load. Like I've had it with mags and stuff for dry fire, but I never had it fully loaded down with ammo. And it was so embarrassing. Like I got some, I had some pretty decent videos from the class and everything. And I shot pretty okay. I was happy with it. Except that my belt was not sized correctly and was like halfway down my ass. And I'm like, God damn it. Like this would be so (laughs) cool if it weren't for the fact that that, you know, and you know, and that's why I posted it anyways. I'm like, well, live and learn. Like you need to test your kit before you just jump. Like if, if something were to happen tomorrow, is everything that you have right now going to work? is it going to work for you on top of that? You know, cause I think a lot of guys neglect to change batteries and like general maintenance yes. and upkeep, you know, yes. um, go Cycle through your carry ammo. Like, and it's, and it's annoying. And it's those little things always the back of your mind. Like I put it on the same list as like having, well, I don't know what you guys do down there in Tennessee. Right. But here in Michigan, we have to renew our driver's license every like eight years or something, but our every year or for every four years, I'm sorry, every year we have to get new tabs for our license plate. So for your birthday every year, it costs you two, well, it costs me like 200 bucks. So I put it on the same list as like, you know, that where it's like, this sucks, but I have to do it because, you know, whatever reason. So yeah, yeah birthday time. It's like, all right, just check out the batteries. Like, are they still good? Cool. Um, when's the last time I changed these? I can't remember. Now they're time to go. Like, just get rid of them. Batteries aren't that expensive right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, so just, but it's like one of those things if it fails, like, you know, maybe it's okay. Maybe you have irons. That's not ideal, but maybe you're okay. But if you don't have irons, then you're not. If you don't know how to shoot with irons, then you're definitely screwed. A lot of guys look at some of the older scopes and they're like, yeah, it's going to be fine. Cause it's got a, you know, an edge reticle. I don't need a red dot. Like, mm, okay. But if there was no light out, how well is that scope going to work for you? Exactly. Why well, you, you can't hunt at night or yeah, I'm not going to be shooting at night yet all right <laughs> yeah. you, are. you know i mean i don't want to sound paranoid or, or weird about this man but maybe it's worth looking into to replace that scope that you got for free from your uncle with something that's a little bit nicer you exactly know? exactly um, i don't want to like shit on the company or anything but it always seems like when i run in those situations it's always like i have like a burris scope and i don't i see i hear some people say really nice things about them but man i've never run into one that i was like Wow, this is great. This is really cool. I definitely want to buy one of these. <laughs> yeah. Never, and, and nothing against the company. I just never have. I know there's some people that love it, but I, I don't see it, you know. Not my cup but, of tea either. Yeah. To each their own, right? For sure. Um, I mean, it, it's so kind of getting towards the end of things to wrap it a little bit here. I'm sure you've, you get a lot of stuff and this is more, mostly just for my own, like entertainment value more than anything. What are some of, cause you get a lot of questions. I'm sure of it. And you've referenced it. What are some of the best ones that you've gotten? And by best, I definitely don't mean like high quality questions. I mean like oh, worst, man. right? Like, are there anything that just ever just stood out to you? And I, 
And not because like, I know you started this by saying, you don't, you don't put yourself up there on that pedestal, but you kind of are anyways, you know, and I feel like you just get the, you'll probably get some of the best things sent to you. And I really just want to know what some of that sounds like. Well, some of the (laughs) most fun ones are, you know, someone, uh, this hasn't happened recently, so I'm not calling anyone <laughs> specific out. I'll start by saying that. But uh, some random DM will, you know, pass through and someone will send a picture of like um, a Safari Land holster or maybe a, I don't know, it could be a T-Rex arm sidecar or something like that. But it's a, let's say it's a sidecar because I know that this happened a while ago uh, before I even worked at T-Rex arms. But uh, gun is in holster <laughs> And then uh, another picture of the appendix holster being worn backwards, as in outside the waistband. Oh, uh-huh. no. Yeah. Oh, no. And, then, and so now the gun is being presented as a lefty. Um, and the, the, the Instagram complaint is like, hey, man. And again, this was before I didn't work for them. But he was like, hey, man, I know that uh, you use these holsters and whatever else, but I just don't understand how this gun... Like how I'm a, I thought I ordered a right-handed thing. The order says it's a right-handed holster. And he was under the impression that it was going to be a outside the waistband appendix holster. And we had to start from square one and explain the whole details of like, okay, well, it's an inside the waistband holster. And so oh that the, things like that demonstrate right, yeah. that people, unfortunately, and I, I was guilty of this as well, but it's clear that people will find someone on Instagram conclude, Hey, that guy looks cool doing what he's doing, or he's shooting really fast. I'm yeah. just going to buy whatever it is that he says and click send add shipping address done without ever thinking through, wait, what is that holster? Does that apply to what I'm doing? Do I want that to work that way? Do I want to carry that way? Things like that. Yeah. Um, what other questions? I don't know. There's that. There, <laughs> Do you still get the haters guys like calling out for LARPing and stuff? I get a little bit of that. I'm sure a lot of dudes like, I mean, cause you put up videos and you ask for constructive criticism, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And some people take it like far to the side. Oh yeah. They want to tell you everything that you're doing wrong, which I will say I've, I've made some really cool connections with some very legit dudes. And what I have noticed is that the jerks will always put it in your comments and the guys who are trying to help you will almost always drop into your DMS and like, Hey man, like, I think what you're doing is cool. Here's why you might want to change it. And you know, in one instance, I had a guy who he sent me like seven different, like it cut it up into seven short videos, but he took like a whole video and set up some tables. Like, Hey man, this is why working a doorway this way makes more sense. And you know, you, you don't want to get shot or nothing. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Like that's, that's awesome. Like, thank you. You know? Well, I mean, um, I'll also get other stupid questions that absolutely should have been Googled. Like, hey, can I shoot 300 blackout through my 5.56 rifle? And it's like, nope. that man, you, the, top, the amount of, that is such an easy question to get answered by the Google yeah. that you could have just thrown that in Google. And the now only it's taking. I would even give somebody a little bit of leeway on that is because. If some if somebody heard half of something and they oh, heard sure. you can use the lower, right? You can use the lower. It's you know, the same and, bolt and, carrier it's, too. It's like it's the same bolt. It's the same upper. It's the same handguard, barrel nut, and everything else. Like I agree, I get it. And someone else could be like, "It's hey man, it's the same rifle." Okay, well. Yeah, so how do you so how do you answer that? Like you can you can just once. 
yeah, you know, yeah. stuck in the barrel, you, you right, have to buy exactly. a new barrel after that. Right. You know? No, usually the questions like that, anything that could get someone hurt, I will be pretty quick to be like, no, don't. And send that first call and just be like, I could just picture someone like gassing up their yeah. rifle, like pulling back on the charging handle. And then like a DM comes across Instagram like, and it's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, Like full confidence. Like, yeah, this is going to be great, man. It's totally going to work, man. It's totally going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The safety stuff, I, that, that does bother me, you know, because you see people doing some things or even had people ask, um, or I've been around friends, uh, or acquaintances and stuff. I'm like, all right, let's just, why don't you just pump the brakes there for a second. Right here you go. And I'll like take the gun, like here, hold this. I have like a, um, it's not here. It's usually next to me, like a, a training pistol, like the hard molded, like Glock yeah. 17, uh, just like training pistol. I'm like, why don't we start with this? Mm-hmm. Is this a toy? I'm like, yeah. And that's a little bit safer for right now. Let's, let's just work on that. You did good. Simple. You're awesome. Uh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's cool that the people reach out to you and stuff and that you're, try you know your best to make time for the answers um but i know what you mean about the balance i definitely sat up in bed last night having like an hour text conversation with somebody over i was happy to do it um but it, it can it because it, it one question usually turns into like seven absolutely like i couldn't sleep last night anyways so if whoever's they, they knew who they are and this isn't in any way me complaining about them messaging me i'm just saying like I realize that it can take a ton of time if you let it and oh my gosh, it goes a lot of different places really easily. And, you know, I, I think it's like a responsibility in the community as much as it is like, uh, I don't know, as cool as it is, you know, like it's, it's a cool thing, but it's also like a, a burden or a responsibility to an extent too, where it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows sometimes. And, you probably, you know that a lot better than I do. I don't get nearly as much uh, volume. I'm sure that you do mostly because you do fun armor things. And um, I struggled to build a full upper. I actually had to take a, a cutting wheel to a, uh, a fix like a frame site. Dude, I've I, cut. Oh no. I've cut plenty of those, man. I'm right there with you. Well, I was pounding in those taper pins and for whatever reason, the first one was fine. The second one just wouldn't go in and after some good old-fashioned effort i just it snapped off halfway in yep yeah i was like okay well what just turned into spare parts only turned into spare parts sorta yeah (laughs) and and then so i finished the upper and then honestly off of your guys's recommendation i ordered a uh aero precision uh pistol lowered it's like a 10.5 inch and man, I'm actually kind of pissed that I waited this long because for the little bit of extra money, you know, cause I looked, yeah, I, I ordered it because uh, with everything going on politically, you know, like, oh, okay, I want to order it now before inventory really gets crappy and prices start to go up. And it was a first time order. So like 10% off, it was only like 10, maybe 15 bucks more than Palmetto. And I will say mm. that the fitment upper to lower, um, and I tried it on my, my 11 and a half, I already have and everything. It just, it's way nicer. Uh, I'm I could honestly kind of kick myself in the ass for not going with them over Palmetto previously. Right. Um, for anybody oh, they, listening, they just looking like they make good stuff. Arrow makes so many parts for other manufacturers as well. I mean, you'd be shocked at how much stuff Arrow is manufacturing. And if if Arrow was having serious quality control issues or even not serious quality control issues, we, we would know about it by now because no one would be using them and the word would get out. In reality, they are doing phenomenal work and they do great yeah. stuff. I think 
that's what people don't realize is like there's and this was uh, one of Lucas's videos, like back in the day when I, when I was learning and I, he talked about like, there's only a couple of companies that make lowers. Yeah. That, yep. that really, you know, so get a good one. And it's, it's mostly for the quality control piece right. of it more than like the actual, I guess, like integrity or, or, or build the quality itself. Right. You know, it's, it's the quality control and the checks after the point. And, um, and again, something I think you've talked about and he's talked about is, all right, it's cheaper for a reason. So if that's an AR-15 lower with an A2 grip and nothing special, and so is that one, why is that one 50 bucks cheaper? Right. right. Where did they save the money? It exactly. was somewhere. So, you know, for anybody listening, you know, please like heed that advice from people who've spent, I'm assuming, I don't want to assume, I apologize, but assume I've spent way too much money on gun parts in the past to <laughs> see them fail while, you know, trying to save money. And ultimately you're like, well, that didn't work. Right. Yeah. You don't, right. don't need a night cycle lower, but you uh, probably shouldn't have, you know, if you're building your third rifle and it's another Palmetto, maybe evaluate where you can actually start investing into a little bit more quality parts and aero precision is a great way yeah. to go. Well, and that's what I, all my, well, not all mine, my 11 and a half started as a Palmetto gun, entirely Palmetto. Sure. And then yeah. it turned into, oh, I got this BCM handguard, but it's too long for the 10 and a half inch barrel. So now I got to upgrade to a Roscoe. Yep, like, oh, yep. Sweet. Like, oh, hey, that bolt carrier looks really, yeah, 150 bucks. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll get a new bolt carrier for it. Yep. Oh, yep. new charging handle. Yeah, the Raptor's great. So, what started as a Palmetto gun basically turned into, you know, anything but. Right, um, right. So, and that's one way to do it, but it's definitely not the cost effective way. Um, so, but hey, man, we're coming up to it. Uh, I want to say thank you. This has been, this is awesome. Uh, great conversation. I appreciate you making the time. I know you're doing all kinds of stuff and um, times at a premium. So absolutely happy to happy to be here. Thank you very much for hosting. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, We'll be in touch and uh, let's do this again soon. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. Take care. You too. So that was me and Josh Lowry from T-Rex arms. Uh, Super, super good conversation. Uh, I'd, very down to earth dude, uh, has a lot of knowledge to share and, and is happy to share it too. If you guys, you know, if there was nothing else you learned from that, you had to see that. Um, and I think that's what the community needs is more people like Josh that are willing to, uh, <clears throat> to, to help and mentor and, and share what they've learned and, and promote a more positive, uh, picture, a more positive side of the two a community. Um, I hate that people say the word to uh, the phrase, I guess, to a industry or refer to this as an industry instead of a community, because there's an industry side and then there's a community side, I think, where, you know, us, the 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 everyday folks, uh, you know, live and operate. Um, but it was great, man. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, personal limits and discovering yourself and your, your self-worth and um, and what you're made of. You know, we talked about mentorship and, and teaching and being a resource for those in need and being that, that guiding hand um, for people that want to learn more and have those questions that they may not feel comfortable to go to somebody else with or may not have anybody else to go to, right? We talked about uh, politics you know, all kinds of stuff. And that's what it's about, you know, here at Prepared Mindset. I, I love the connections that I make. Um, and then I, I have the 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 opportunity. That's really the best word for it. It's just, it's such a great opportunity 
to talk to these these individuals that obviously share these interests and share a lot of these values, um, but have a lot of knowledge and experience and and life experience, you know, to to share uh, and 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 you know explain and um, we went through all that stuff today with Josh. Uh, if you guys don't follow him, he's it's Josh Lowry ninety five. I think um, I should know that Josh Lowry. 95 all all one no space whatever on instagram he's putting out stuff all the time uh like you know like i said before i learned a ton from him and i have watched and followed his content and what he's been doing for for a while now um so you guys aren't following josh i i really recommend that you do i think you'll learn some things and uh probably more than just a few things so that's all I got for you guys. Probably sick of hearing my voice by now. So we're going to wrap this. Uh, we're going to have another guest next week, another one that I think you guys are really going to dig. So uh, hang out until then and uh, get out there. Like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. <laughs>